1: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by m Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest in Kansas City soccer coverage from KCSN. Featuring no other pod with Jimmy Mack and Daniel Kuser. Currently with Daniel Kuser and Chris Wright. And Soccer Talks with Ali Trost-Martin. KC Sports Network is your new go-to for Kansas City soccer coverage. Make sure to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. And now, let's get to it.
2: I'm ready. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another Node of No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy. And I'm back, as always, with my good buddy, Dan Kuzer. Dan, I don't know how long we're going to be able to to extend into this season without saying we have a
3: victory pod, but here we are once again. Yeah, uh, I don't care. I don't even care. What are we doing here? I (laughs) mean, do we... What are we doing? I, uh, you know, I got something funny to tell you, though, by the way. I uh, blew out my biceps on Friday and cannot straighten my arms. That's Uh, not fun. Blew them out. So I'm a T-Rex. I'm like uh, like Ricky Bobby. Don't know what to do with my hands. (laughs) So what's the recovery for that? Oh, I just keep stretching it out, keep moving, get the blood flow. I've been doing the massage gun on there very lightly, you know. Oh, man, not that sucks. Good. Well, they're not torn like or something, but it's, Whew. Okay, well, your biceps are having a slightly
2: better time than Sporting Kansas City is, we'll say that. <laughs> if you, you full-on tore and... yeah, well, Could there is bad. soccer. If you want to talk about soccer, we can talk about soccer, I guess. Unfortunately, there is soccer to talk about. But, we, you know, before we get to the soccer, we did get a, a new rating and review, which it's been a little bit. Uh, you want me to go ahead and read that one? It's short and sweet. Go for it. All right. It is from Eric Schneider, MD. So I assume this is a medical doctor, which uh, we appreciate? It's uh keep it up. Five stars. It says, love you, Dan and Jimmy. Great fan pod that keep up great feeling for the fans of SKC. So thank you, Dr. Okay. Schneider. Uh, we appreciate it. That's what, you know, it's hard to do when the season isn't going how any of us want. And let me tell you, this season is not going how any of us want it to go. So, uh, but we appreciate y'all listening and uh yeah, it is what it is. We'll see if we
3: can talk about what the heck is going on. I don't even care, Jimmy. Like I, dude give me a reason. <laughs> give me a reason to care right now. Well, I don't even what are we doing? It's
2: it's interesting you say that because I do after we actually talk about the game, I want to talk about that exact thing because I think that is the danger that sporting Kansas City is facing right now, and that is the danger that the club ownership and the front office and, and everybody in the club is facing. And, and I have some thoughts and we have an email uh, from, from somebody that I want to read that um, I was thinking yeah. some of this stuff already. And, and I thought the email articulated it very well. Um, there's been some threads on Twitter that I thought articulated similar things very well. Uh, so, but we're going to talk about the game a little bit first. Um, I do want to give out a, a shout out to Nate Borland. I met him after the game, one of our listeners. Oh, so yeah, shout out to Nate. It was Nate. Cool. Yeah. He caught me off guard. I felt bad. I had my headphones in and all of a sudden I could tell someone was talking to me and I was transcribing a Johnny Russell quote. And so I was a little, I was a little frazzled. It wasn't, I wasn't on my A game. So I apologize, Nate. But where, time. where were you at? Uh, You know, it's not the most important information. It might've
3: been the bathroom. No, but... of course it's the bathroom. That's where, we, <laughs> that's where you meet people in the bathroom. That's what you do. It's like, what bath? We're both washing our hands. It was down in the the field club. After
2: the press conference, I came down, went through the field, went through the, the media room, went to the uh, bathroom down there, and, you know, just uh, was trying to transcribe and, and wash my hands at the
3: same time, and that was my mistake. So... <laughs> hey, that's all good, man. I've met people in the bathroom, too. It's fun time. It is. It is.
2: Um, but let's talk about, unfortunately, this Colorado game because we went into this game with uh, Sporting Kansas City and Colorado, two of the worst teams in the league through their first six weeks of the year. Uh, I called this a must-win game last week, even though Peter Vermees technically is correct that it was not a must-win game. I foolishly, I would say, thought that Sporting Kansas City would come out and score two or three goals and get the win. I thought surely coming back at home after a building block performance on the road in Philadelphia where you got to draw against one of the better teams in the league, uh, at least last year, uh, and with the potential return of Alan Polito would surely, surely generate some sort of a fire underneath this team that would earn a result against a lackluster team like the Colorado Rapids. And boy,
3: was I wrong. Yeah, absolutely wrong, dude. Uh, you, I think you could clip it from last week and <laughs> go in there and here you're saying, like, oh, yeah, I think we get a win. And I am I said something like, what? Right. <laughs> well, like, you don't? And I was like, no. No. <laughs> you were 100% correct. And I was, I, admittedly, I was
2: doing a little bit of a wishful thinking thing, a little bit of, like, a vibes thing, a little bit of a Ted Lasso <laughs> Believe type thing. <laughs> a little witchcraft, you know. Right. Just, like, at some, because for a while, you would look at the underlying statistics, the advanced stats, the expected goals, expected points, et cetera, shots, and you would say, surely this has to regress to the mean at some point we've said this about st louis that they're outperforming all of what their advanced stats are showing and now suddenly you're seeing st louis drop games 3-0 they're losing at home they're kind of falling back to a little bit more of what they should be you would think sporting kansas city would do the same now i'm going to talk about here in a little bit that maybe some of those advanced stats aren't quite as good as they were a few weeks ago and and we're we're on the wrong trajectory here
3: i mean okay St. Louis got tore up by a really good Seattle team. I mean, let's not, you know, let's give Seattle their credit here. You know, <laughs> they're they're firing on all cylinders. You know, we're over here freaking, just trying to trying to buy a goal, man. Trying to it's bad. Do little things. Oh my God, my my Sporting KC play of the game is when Alan Polito sees Felipe running in the box and just scoops it over the back line, and Felipe one times it. Totally no. difficult shot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely difficult and asinine shot. But would have been insane had right. that happened. Well, and the first time, I mean,
2: this, this is the thing. If there is a positive or two to take from the game, it's that the defense still looks pretty solid. There's an occasional error or two. And, and I, I have some questions about Timbellia's positioning on the goal that was given up or whatnot. Could Pulse Camp have done better? Who knows? It's all Yeah, I don't want to play that game. I don't know. All, Pulse Camp and Melia, they're... Whatever. Sure, sure. I think six to one, half a dozen to the other. They're probably about even when it all is said and done. Um, but by and large, the defense still plays relatively solid. The offense is anemic at best, and that's what's so frustrating is it's hard to clearly identify a singular reason. And, and early on in the season, we could identify the reasons as, well, they don't have some of their key playmakers available. They don't have Alan Polito. They don't have Johnny Russell, et cetera. Which I th- I still think was a fair talking point to go over, and sure you could say now that Alan Polito he only made his first start, Johnny Russell he's only been back. They're still working working in their way their way into form. Sure, I think there is some level of validity to that, but at a certain point when you get the people back, and it's not making a consistent or discernible difference over and over, you start asking questions about okay. What is really going on? Now, Alan, I think, like you said, there are moments where you're like, ah, that's the Alan Polito that was worth $11 million, where he has this bit of magic where he flips the ball over a defender and finds Felipe in a way that nobody else on that team could do. So it's there, but
3: it's not there enough. Not right now. Not right now, man. <clears throat> no, I've, you know, I've yet to be able to, just the way my schedule's been, I have yet to be able to watch a full game. Uh, so I can only assume that this weekend, the first full game I'm able to watch this season. We will more than likely get a win. What's uh, so your fault? It's just going to happen. That's, <laughs> and, I, and I hope it does. You know, give me a reason to stay up for a San Jose late-ass game. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. You know, let's make this trip worth it. But it's just uh, things are weird right now. Things are weird. Am I, am I going to sit here and curse obscenities into the freaking microphone? Am I going to yell and blow your eardrums out? I'm not, am I going to say I'd rather watch baseball? No, I'm not. I'm not going to say these things. But I am going to say, this isn't fun. This isn't fun to watch. Uh, not- it, it, am I going to keep going to games because I enjoy the sport and enjoy this team and this club? Yeah. I'm not over here boycotting the shit. But uh, I, it's, it's we support, man. That's what supporters do. You support through thick and thin. It is what it is. You don't uh, start calling for people's heads. Especially not right now, but when May hits, if we're still <laughs> if we're still fucked in May. At the end of May, if this is so bad, it's like, done deal, dude. And as the trajectory right now, it's headed there. But in yeah. no way am I saying we're fucked because 19 teams get in the playoffs. You just don't know, you so, know. There is little reason to believe, at least as of this moment, based on things
2: that we've seen on the field, that things will start trending in the right direction. And that sucks because two to three weeks ago, we had the hope of some of our best players have yet to make an appearance. And, and we're, and and you've more than chipped away at that. If there was any goodwill, you've more than chipped away at that because now the only piece left really to play there is largely Kinda. I mean, Tim Leibold, sure, but Tim Leibold's played all of like 70 minutes in his sporting career and he's showed a lot of promise, but the defense isn't the problem right now. So, is Kinda meaningfully better enough than Eric Tommy that he's going to come in and make a significant difference? I would say probably not. Now I don't think Eric Tommy has been playing his best over the last four or five weeks, but it's not, it's not great. There's not a lot of I mean, reason to find a light at the end of the tunnel right now. And and that's the danger. And, and I want to talk about that uh, a little bit more extensively. I, I guess, like we said, the one bright spot was Alan Polito. He started again. He went, Oh God, how long did About he 60. go? About 60 minutes, 65 minutes is when Willie Agata came in. So, Hey, 65 minutes. Um, you know, it was probably the loudest I've heard at children's mercy park this year outside of maybe when Johnny Russell first checked in is when Alan Polito's name was announced on the starting lineup. Um, and when he stepped onto the field. So there's that, uh, it, does, but, it
3: doesn't matter. Like it, it, did he do well? Sure. He, he sure. looks, he made some opportunities and stuff, but we're just not finishing things. Uh, Chances created were and shots on goal have been diminishing these past few games. Um, right, we really controlled this game for a majority of it. Like it looked like we were good, but then like one wow. bad giveaway. Like <laughs> Remy Voltaire just falls down. I don't know if he was trying to get the foul from Diego Rubio or what, but I don't think he was trying to get a foul. I think he just fell down, and some people called for a foul on Rubio, but it, it's not. It's not a clean foul. Play. Clean, yeah. But of course Rubio scored because he does this against us. Um, I don't want to say I, I wish he was on our team still, but I mean he's scoring goals, so yeah. Guess yeah, I wish he was on our team. <laughs> he stole
2: it from Remy and, and basically Remy's only real mistake the game. Remy Remy was fantastic and, and yeah. he takes it and it was it was Rubio and Barrios who are running basically one on two on one
3: at Castellanos and Rubio I'm not really sure what Melee is doing on this play. I am. He's he's trying to play the pass. He he thinks he's going to lay it off to the guy, and he doesn't. But Barrios is running the other way. I think he, he if anything, he's trying to cover far post. But the only the
2: gripe I have, maybe, and I'm not a goalkeeper like expert, so I just Melia's is a little far off his line, so it doesn't give him as much time to react and see where the ball's going. And I think Rubio knows that because he has Melia leaning far post, oh, yeah. and right as Melia's is hopping to his left. Rubio just slots it in near post, and there's not a chance
3: in hell Melia can get to it by the time he hops over. So, Sad deal, man. Very sad deal. Outside of that, though, there's not a whole heck of a lot to talk about here. It's just another time getting a late-ish goal and not being able to come back. The only other key moment I think that's worth talking about is in the 67th
2: minute, we pulled a St. Louis. We got given a gift in the box it was Colorado yes Colorado Rapids uh defender Ronan um just flat out hits the ball across the face of the Colorado goal finds Daniel Shallowy probably five yards in the box and there's Daniel Shallowy there's Willie Agata Shallowy bungles the ball a little bit but you got to get a shot off you at minimum have to get a shot off Shallowy can't really get the ball out from under his feet He then tries to lay it off to Willie Agata, who it's a terrible pass, too close to a Colorado defender, and three seconds later, Willie Agata is facing away from the goal with the ball completely surrounded by three Colorado defensive players, and we get zero shot attempts off of being gifted a ball to a wide open forward inside the opposing team's box. That's the type of thing. We outshot them, what, 16 to 8, I think was the final official stat, yet somehow it was only two on goal. It feels like nobody wants to shoot on this team. They're shooting just really low percentage chances, and no, and they're waiting for just I guess when they're in the box, the absolute perfect shot window, and it's just not going to get there. And nobody's shooting, and that's a problem. Yeah. So 100. You can't. You use in that situation. You got to get a shot off. Johnny Russell is there. He could have gotten a rebound and tapped it in. So somebody's got to do better. And and I mean, two goals through seven games now. Is that it? holy
3: shit (laughs) that's not that's not acceptable offensive output it's not great uh it's it's so early it's so early but man but it's getting not as early it's get it's it's like if you don't write the damn ship now you're in trouble and you're losing those points at home like that that's just scary deal man they they got they got people big mad out there they do and i want to talk about
2: that a little bit more but first We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back and talk a little bit more about the reaction.
1: A sports network for today's fan. KC Sports Network. Podcasts, YouTube, social media, live shows, KCSN.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed.
2: All right, we are back. Hello. I was getting my screens all set up here and ready to go. Uh, It's, this game sucked because now if you look at uh, the standings, again, it's early, not that the standings really matter, but Sporting Kansas City, dead last in the West, uh, behind even the LA Galaxy, even though uh, we both have three points, the Galaxy have played one less game. Our goal differential is both minus six. Uh, The only team in the league that is arguably worse uh, than Sporting Kansas City is the Montreal impact. Um, Although they have played one less game and still have three points, the biggest difference is they have a negative 13 goal differential. So there's that. But Sporting Kansas City, through week seven, officially has the worst offense in the entire league because we have two goals scored for us, which is the absolute lowest across the league. Uh, There are three teams that have three goals for uh, so far and then jumps up to five, six, seven. So this is a, a singular issue for sport in
3: Kansas City, uh, right. essentially not being able to score goals. Uh, I'm not going to let my blood pressure get up, dude, until it's time. Okay, right. everyone else, everyone else wants to take this energy and really get mad right now. Well, well that's fine. That's your right. It. But like, I mean, nothing's on the line right now. Nothing is. Ir- nothing is irreversible. True, although I would say that.
2: In talking to Johnny Russell each of the last two weeks, I've never seen him as dejected, depressed. On his like, birthday. Like, it's not even angry at this point. It's just, like, defeated. And that's the part that scares me. I had a Twitter back and forth uh, with, with someone today, and they and they had commented that, you know, because I put up some advanced stats that I can go over here in a second, but they are like, honestly, the team just looks like their mentality is just not there. And I was like, yeah, Johnny Russell's never been this way that i've seen him in a locker room and i'm worried the longer this goes the more of a negative impact it has on the team's psyche and then it just kind of becomes a negative feedback cycle where it's like it becomes so hyper pressurized at a certain point to get a win that you can't do it and it just it sucks but i don't know peter again i'm gonna say this on the front end I don't think either of us are on this Spire Vermese train. I don't think, regardless of what you think should or shouldn't happen, I simply think it's impossible that the club will move on from Peter Vermese, whether you have logical reasons for it or not at this point, because they just signed him, whether right or wrong, to a five-year contract extension before this season started. Yeah. It would be unheard of for a team seven games into a new contract to decide, never mind, we're not doing it. It they'd pay just, him, yeah. they pay him for all those years. I mean, there's probably a, a a formula in there for some sort of a buyout clause or whatnot. I doubt it. Would yeah, be too, but it's it would be too high. It'd be cost prohibitive at this point. You don't sign a, a coach to a five year contract extension, only to decide seven games later, never mind, we made a mistake. Yeah, it's and whether you believe it or not, I think there's some merit to it. But I, I understand there's a lot of frustration out there there were injuries to key players. The ownership is not going to look at this and say, never mind, we made a mistake. They're, they're not. So at that point, it's like, okay, well, what is possible? And Peter was asked after the game by Daniel Sperry, you know, where are you in assessing where this team is at right now? And Peter's response was, quote, I'd like to score some goals. I think that's the biggest thing. If I look at the game, I think the first half was kind of a back and forth, a little even. Second half, we were all over them, but not enough high quality chances. So at the end, we don't get the result." You get burned on the play and they score, but we have to score two or three other goals with all the domination we had in the game. So he thought they dominated. He said, I want to score some goals. I think that's the biggest thing. And he got a little ridiculed on Twitter for it. Cause I mean, that is the biggest office. thing. That's how you lose. That's how you win. And this is the thing with Peter. Sometimes I get, I understand what he's trying to, to say, but I think sometimes he's so like matter of fact, factual, factual, that I think he it it um, he doesn't help himself all the time. Like with the, um, you know, there's no such thing as a must-win game unless it's a cup final type deal. Like, especially when the temperature of the fan base is already kind of getting
3: where it's at. I think sometimes you, it you wait, help. you wait till we lose this opening round U.S. Open Cup game. I swear to wait. God, I no, don't even put that in the universe. Go ahead, go ahead and let me know how that press conference goes. That will not be a safe space, my friend. You will not be safe. Well, you know,
2: and, um, you know, he was asked, okay, what does the team need to do to, to create higher quality chances? Now, I'm going to defend the the people in the room there asking questions a little bit because I have seen some people say, why don't you all hold them accountable for this more? One, it's a tough thing to, to get real answers out of somebody immediately after when they're in that emotional state. Two, like... There are questions being asked. You can't force somebody to answer. So he asked, question was asked, where are you at in assessing this team? Okay, we need to score goals. We need better quality chances. Okay, what does the team need to do to create high quality chances? That was the next question. Logical follow up. He said, it's not one thing at the number of things. We had opportunities in the first half with a couple of chances that we have to do a little better. Uh, When a guy's that wide open, we wind up taking a shot or making an extra pass we do not need to. There were two opportunities in the first half where Johnny Russell was wide open on two plays. And he's walking in on the goal one on one, but we didn't make the decision. Some of it's recognition. We have to, one of these balls has got to drop. We've got to keep staying determined to try to do it. Okay. A little bit in there, but I don't care. Not a lot. And then, but then he was asked another question. He goes, okay, what is it that you specifically, as the coach, can do to start helping them score goals and improve the attack? That's a pretty pointed question and this is where again i think he just didn't help himself that much he goes we do it every day we do it all the time it's putting them the players in those situations putting those situation uh, putting them in those situations to make those decisions it's all of that but you have to be able to do it in a game and that you that's the part that i think didn't sit well with the segment of the fan base that's already out on Peter because there's a, an interpretation and it's not necessarily unfair when, okay, what can you do to help the team score more? And the answer was, well, it's stuff we're already doing. So I can understand why it would be frustrating if you're already doing it, then why isn't it happening? And and so that's the, that's the self-awareness, I think, sometimes that he's so matter-of-fact that he doesn't help himself
3: and maybe mm-hmm. doesn't care, but... You're not getting anything out of him after games. His best press conferences are the ones they do on, like, Thursdays before a game. Uh, he Sometimes he can talk up to, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. And those are the best. Yeah. It's, you know, it's
2: tough. Um, you mentioned, and, and even, you know, going through these questions, there's the danger for sporting Kansas City here isn't even anger because anger means that the fans are still they care and they're passionate it's apathy oh boy apathy is the danger and and you know you think about the not to you know shit on the royals or anything but when you go through a three decade drought of of winning it gets to a point where If that just sort of becomes the norm and becomes expected, then you stop getting angry and you start just being like, well, yeah, that's just, what do you expect? It's the Royals. And then they had that resurgence in 2014, 2015. They won a World Series, and you noticed again, for the few years after that, it's like, okay, what are they going to do just to continue to be competitive? And there was some of that anger again when some of it stopped started falling apart, and now it's like, ah, well, it's the Royals. And then they kind of have fallen back into what it was. Sporting is in an interesting spot where they, they have a couple of paths they can go down
3: and, and and they're starting to head down a real dangerous one, I think. The most dangerous path is the one where you're going to a game to see players on the opposing team. Mm-hmm. That's where it's bad when you got mm-hmm. people coming in wanting to see people on LAFC, uh, my, you know, uh, Orlando, Miami, whoever. And that's... I remember going to Royals games, man. I'd be like, oh, shit, no more Garcia Garcia is coming to town on on Boston or something, you know, and that's yep. just what you did. Yeah. So we're close to that, and it's getting kind of scary, and they need to turn this shit shit around real fast.
2: We are. There's a guy who some of you may know, Tate Steinlogge. He had a Twitter thread. He's been around sporting for a while. He's a fan. Um, he put up a few tweets. I'm not going to read all of them, but he had a couple here that I do want to read because they, they strike similar to how I feel about it. Um, he said after the game, Sporting and uninspiring were two words you would never think you'd utter in the same sentence. The top brass needs to take a long, hard look at themselves because they're losing attention at a rapid rate with key years on the horizon in the build-up to the 2026 World Cup, which I think is World right Cup, the- maybe. Yep. Um, and then he says the landscape of the league has changed dramatically in recent years, yet everything the club is doing, from an ownership to fan engagement to signings down to the team, it feels like it's pulled directly from 2014 to 2017, a team stuck in MLS 2.0. Talks about how injuries can influence this and and whatnot. Um, and, and he finishes saying Vermees certainly has questions to answer, and I always appreciate his candor. But for me, ownership bears the brunt of this. This club feels faceless, a team that is playing in Kansas City rather than the embodiment of Kansas City. And that's a massive problem and a shift from where things were. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. I, where where is ownership in all of this? Where, we haven't
3: heard anything. No, no. And uh, you know, where you you, you want to get their attention, then take their money. You know what I mean? That's that's what that's what it is. Are they still having great attendance? Yes. Are they still selling their one hundred and sixty dollars jerseys? Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. The play on the field is not always like their one priority, right? Sure. But I, I, I think, and,
2: and you're right. And, and from a business standpoint, there's no indication that Sporting's doing poorly and that Jake Reed, he's hired to run a business largely. And I think we've had our questions about how Jake Reed has answered some things in the past and, and whatnot, but maybe he's making the money hand over fist. I don't know, but tallest man in the world. He's very tall. Not true, um, Very tall. <laughs> but I, I don't know now. I, I, I don't know much about the sporting ownership group other than who they are. I know I see Cliff Illigate just about every game and in, and a lot of the post game press conferences. I know they're there. What I think would be good, and I'm not saying that this would fix everything if they did something, but how many times have you seen a team struggling or whatnot, and then? whether it's the captain of the team or the coach or the ownership group, puts out a statement that just says something along the lines of, we hear you, we agree with you. The results have not been up to the championship standard that we expect ourselves to be playing at. And we're evaluating everything that we as an ownership group can do to reinvigorate this club, everything from the game day experience down to the product on the field. Just say something to Why? at least... To at just to at least to give the illusion that you're paying
3: attention, because when you know they are, I mean, it, it's business. our business. Our th- yeah, but what do they care about what's going on in the field? You know what I mean? They're counting their money. They're doing what needs to be done. It is a business. Sure, but I guess if that's the case, then like why why are you in?
2: Why own a sports team if you genuinely wouldn't care about the result on the field? And I don't think why they don't hire care. a coach. The coach is the one who talks about that stuff. You know, but then then maybe somebody needs to help Peter answer these questions a little better. Because because right now the danger is a, a growing percentage of the fan base thinks that the club is accepting mediocrity and, and is complacent. I think I saw it was Mike Kuhn um, down the byline, who's like the Wikipedia for all things Wizards and Sporting Kansas City, said that there hadn't really been a technical staff shakeup since 2017. That's the last time we won a, a cup. And I'm not sitting here saying that there needs to be new assistant coaches or this or that, but like at a certain point, when you're evaluating why is the club not getting to where they want to be, if you continue to do the same thing over and over again, isn't that the
3: definition of insanity? I guess I just hate I hate talking about this. And you know, sure, it's in April right now, and I, yeah, I week, agree. I, don't
1: know, I, yeah. I
2: just and, and I'm not. That's why I think there's a lot of time left. But I just see you and I. I think have been a little bit more. Well, and I, I shouldn't say this by and large because I think there's the the loud segment of the fan base and I think there's probably a lot of other people that aren't as loud but but that loud segment I think is more the canary in the coal mine like maybe you don't need to act on it right now but, but that heat's getting turned up there's more and more people that are joining that loud segment of the fan base every week that something's not right and I think if you were to just totally dismiss them at this point you get yourself in more de- there was a Vermese out sign at the game last week
3: <laughs> it's getting louder what happened what, so, did someone take the sign no nobody took the sign yeah it would have been worse if they did yeah but i'm
2: just on tv dude i'm just saying it's getting louder and so the longer you just bury your head in the sand and ignore it the worse you're going to make the problem and so it would be it would behoove somebody i think if you were to ask me which nobody's asking me but if you were to ask me it would behoove somebody to make a statement or do something or try something and just say hey this is what we're doing tangibly so it doesn't just sound like well we're already working on everything in practice we're already doing this we're already doing that and not have results continue to come so uh let's Let's take one more break before I do want to uh, I do want to give this email a read because I think it's a it's a good one. But we'll take a break here and then we'll come back with our email.
1: You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this.
2: All right, we are back. So uh, shout out to Alex Brown, Alex Brown KC on Twitter. He's the one who sent us this email. I uh, know oh, Alex now has been around for a bit he's been around for a while and, and so Alex said uh, I've been listening to no other pod for a few years now just want to give my thanks for your coverage and offering a fun perspective on watching the club I listen on Google Podcasts, which for some reason doesn't allow you to write reviews but consider mine five stars appreciate oh yeah noted uh, <laughs> he, he continues to go on thanking us and, and talking about um, you know that the podcast has helped them helped him get through a lot of times uh, when he didn't get to watch the team while he lived in Texas so appreciate that. Um, and and this is the part I want to spend a little bit more time on um, because I think it's similar to what we were just talking about. He goes, I want to get to the state of Sporting Kansas City. Obviously, things are not going well on the pitch right now. We've discussed the reasons for that. Um, he goes, I've supported Peter Vermees in his tenure at the club, and I applauded the decision to extend his contract. I'm not on the fire Vermees bandwagon, uh, but trends of the club since 2018 have me more worried at what things are happening at the organizational level. Um, and then he goes, you know, I don't want to key in on the doom and gloom uh, in the atmosphere of the fan base right now, but I don't think it's responsible to ignore either the indifference uh, ignore either as indifference is the opposite of support and negligence is the opposite of attention. I'm worried this club is slowly descending into the abyss of irrelevance that we've seen so many times with so many of the old guard Red Bulls, San Jose, Colorado, Houston, DC and Chicago. I've watched the Cauldron grow less active in recent years and the home sellout streak um, grows further from memory. Perhaps we need to start hearing things from Cliff Illig, Greg Mede, Rob Heineman, Pat Curran, the Patterson family, and maybe even Patrick Mahomes. Jake Reed has been president and CEO since 2018 and he also got a new five-year deal. What can sporting club ownership and SKC leadership do to keep fans engaged and interested in a club that seems content with rolling out the same product on the pitch around the stadium and in the community for the past five years it's i mean he's a pretty level-headed dude and he's starting to ask the questions
3: that i think a lot more people are starting to wonder i mean i i don't dude (laughs) we've noticed this it's not just on the field either it's also stuff in the stadium Mm -hmm. uh fan experience um activities out on the the Plaza, whatever they're calling that now. Um, the Mazuma Is it still the Mazuma Plaza or whatever? Maybe. Yeah. Um, even season ticket renewal uh, rewards aren't as uh, enticing. Mm-hmm. Uh, concessions, not so much. It's, it's. I don't know. I don't know where they're saving money and what they're putting that towards or, or just, you know, the rich get richer. And then there's four-ass podcasters like us. So, I mean, what are you going to do, man? Yeah. It's it this is he even says he was this is
2: a big philosophical question to unpack. Don't feel like you have to open it up, but I think there's something to it and I want to explore it more. And I'd be curious if you're a listener, you can tweet at us, you can write us an email, like tell let us know your experience. Um I think there is something to be said for. The club was so connected to the city, was and and, and it felt like it was a Kansas City thing, not just a soccer thing, and, and that has drifted a little bit. And it's starting to now impact the perception of the product on the field. So I don't know if that's, Vermees needs to change the formation or he needs to say, screw it and play the kids or whatnot. I'm not, I, I don't know, but uh, this there is, uh, the the heat is turning up on this club, not just on Vermees, but on the club. Right. And you and I both love this club. I think it helped us find, like, at, at least me, it helped me find a community when I moved from across the country to kansas city and it would be a real shame if that passion and the community that i found turned more toward apathy because the people in charge of the club didn't course correct early enough
3: yeah man i mean good point it's 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 a lot oh, lots of change god dang we can make a huge list of things that are just different Um mm-hmm. I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer on how to fix them. Uh, I I don't know Jake Reed personally, so I can't be like, he's he's just a dick. You know, I don't know. None of us do about him. Probably a Uh, very nice person. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know, man. I just, all you can do is hope that the results on the field get better. Um, And a lot of my times at the, out at the stadium are, uh, it's influenced by who I'm with. So I've I've usually got my wife and uh, mm-hmm. our buddy Chris with me, mm-hmm. and it's just always a good time, anyways, because I'm with them. So
2: yeah, I look forward to getting out there to the games. I still enjoy being at Children's Mercy Park, but I also understand if there are people like our guy Bob, and I haven't heard from Bob about this specifically, but he comes down from Nebraska. For mm. games. at what point does driving down from Nebraska and spending all that money and time on gas and 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 everything become?
3: Sort of a, a thing that you don't feel like you have to do anymore if the product on the field isn't worth your time and money. Good point. You could travel down there twice in one week if you're in an Open Cup game, you know? Right. Uh, so just, that makes sense. If you look, I, I put out a few weeks ago some of
2: the advanced stats that I thought were indicative that Sporting's playing better than the results on the field are showing and, and maybe don't panic yet. Well, if you look a few weeks later now, back then they were seventh in expected goal differential. They're now 20th in expected goal differential. It's gone from being positive to negative Uh, they have gone from fifth in expected points at the time to 17th in expected points now and they have gone from 13th in expected goals for at the time to 26th in expected goals for now so three key stats expected goals for expected goal differential and expected points have all dramatically fallen over the last few weeks Uh, which means that it's not even that they're playing well and losing anymore it's that they're playing poorly and losing now So that's the damning thing for me over how this team has performed over the
3: last few weeks. Exactly. But I'm just going to sum it up as, uh, okay, it's early, but shit's not good. And if we keep this trajectory, like, Oh my God. And you're going to run out of home games, you know, and now you're, you're stuck trying to get points on the road. Um, it's just worrisome, bro. And yeah, I know we've tied a few games here and that's fine. Got a good result in Philadelphia or whatever, but it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And I think I saw that
2: uh, earlier. I don't remember who it was. Was it Daniel Sperry? Here it is. Yeah. Uh, 10 teams in MLS history have gone winless in the first seven matches. Only two have made the playoffs. 2003, DC United. And the 2009 Columbus Crew, now the crew, ended up going on to win the Supporter Shield in 2009, according uh, to the research Daniel Sperry did. So, not
3: wasn't unheard of there, it, but a lot less teams. Wasn't there another stat? Like, only only this team and the 1999 Wizards had a stat that were comparable? It was, I think, the, the longest winless streak in club history or, or something like that. Yeah. it's Something like that. Right. And then what happened the year after? Wizards want Supporters Shield and MLS Cup, so yeah, you know that those are neat stats to me. I'm like, okay, cool. So we'll just we'll be good next year then. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I guess the bummer is the league's wildly
2: different. But yeah, you know, this those kind of things are fun to me though. There, if there is hope, there, like you said, it is early. It's getting less early, but it is early. There is still time to turn it around. They just kind of got to like start it right now. Yeah, it's got to start now. You, You can't. And at this point, you got to steal some wins on the road. Drawing on the road is not good enough for the rest of the time. You're going to have to steal some wins. And, and, you, you know, you get into the dance and you hope that you make a, you know, Cinderella type run to, you know, the
3: championship. But I'm about to become some- the biggest U.S. Open Cup fan ever. <laughs> Speaking of the U.S. Open Cup, I, I, I guess we might as well just say,
2: uh, Sporting Kansas City is hosting Tulsa Athletic from the NPSL uh, on Tuesday, Fun. April twenty fifth, at Children's Mercy Park. I believe this is the next game to attend at Children's Mercy Park because they got a couple on the road. So seven thirty, yeah. Tuesday night, April twenty fifth, at Children's Mercy Park. Um, it's uh,
3: they better win that one. You would hope so. <laughs> if not, buddy, you probably better just not go to the press conference. Um, I could see Peter Vermees throwing a printer. Just, uh, I don't know why. I don't know where he got a printer. <laughs> I know he's, I know he's throwing something. <laughs> yeah, it's it, they, they got to win. I mean, and they'll probably roll out a lineup of a lot of kids to get them some experience, but, but we'll see. Hey, I'm watching SKC two these days as well, man. They're getting wins. They're grinding. Cisneros you, you have, is scoring bangers. Cisneros getting in there, dude. Uh, McIntosh uh, is getting some time and goalkeeper. They they had like seven SKC low knees playing the game over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh it's just cool to see Ozzy come back from that, you know, pretty bad injury he had. So
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So maybe
3: there's some some bright things in the future, but you know, it's right now it kinda sucks. So um, And Johnny on his birthday, man, we couldn't get Johnny a win at home. I like, felt so bad. devastated. I felt so bad. I mean, he's got—he's saying the right
2: things, you know. But it's just, you know, he said that it's not even frustrating anymore. He can't even say the word in his mind that he wants to use because he wants to curse and he knows he can't curse. <laughs> right. And and so it's just like he knows it's unacceptable. And and I'm sure as captain, it feels terrible. He's he's you know he's only been back for a couple of weeks, but he's probably thinking, what can I do individually? You know, he's out there trying to do his Johnny Russell thing, split defenders, and he's. Shooting passes back into the box in a dangerous area, and there's just nobody there,
3: nobody there, man. But Duff, oh God, I, t- I just every week I'm just like this is it's, un- it's unacceptable right now. Things are just weird. <laughs> uh, I want to say brighter times are ahead. I just don't know how much I believe it. That was
2: the trap I fell into last week, and now we travel to the San Jose Earthquakes, who they have a you know a, a, a relatively talented team. Um, with with some young players who who can make some noise, Jeremy Abobasi is a very talented uh, striker uh, or winger, depending on where he plays. Cade Cowell, a young up and comer, Christian Espinoza has got all the speed in the world. Jackson Yule. I mean, this is a this is a, a pretty dangerous attacking team that is able to score goals. They're sitting right now uh, sixth place in the West, um, seven goals four. Eight goals against so they've allowed the same amount of goals that we have so they're, they're playing relatively well defensively but they've scored five more than we have um they're three oh and one at home so they are very strong at home this is not an easy game and they might be fired up even more because did you see what happened with san jose and the red bulls during their game this whole controversy no there was an alleged inci- incident of racism where um on the field on the field in the middle of the game dante van zier of the red bulls allegedly said something and you see jeremy abobasi kind of just like flip and he gets right up in his face and starts yelling and all the the players get in uh van zier's face and 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 clearly something's going on and there was a near 21 minute stop because there was 21 minutes of stoppage time added on at the end of the second half because there were questions of would the players even continue they were so upset by what they alleged was a racist slur that was used that uh they were demanding that the red bulls sub van Zier off uh they ultimately did not um and the the earthquakes players got together and ultimately decided to continue to play excuse me continue to play but you can go on twitter and see uh, the reaction there's articles on espn and it's made it to cnn this is uh, a thing that major league soccer is now investigating but they're fired up, bro.
3: So I mean, we so we don't we don't know what allegedly was said. Um is there an alleged something out there?
2: I, I mean I can I can take an educated guess if it was a, a lot of the black players who got very upset and said that there was a racist slur that was used. We I mean you can
3: You think a white person dropped the N word on this person. That's what that's what it seems like the allegation is. That takes some freaking. It's not a totally piece of shit balls. Yeah, like it's what? not good. And so Abubakar,
2: he had a very, very good press conference after, and he goes, "It is important for me to share." Um, is I know what I heard, and the reason why I felt after lengthy, lengthy conversations, we should continue to to with the game is the player who said the word claimed it was not aimed at anyone in particular, which is interesting wording because I wonder if that means he didn't necessarily deny saying it. He just said, I didn't call any of you that in particular, but, uh, um, a you know, he said, it's important. We dig out all the facts. I want to be as open as possible here. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, but he just, you know, he was like, I know what I heard and my teammates know what we heard and their coach to his credit, Luchi Gonzalez was very supportive of them and said, my players said they heard it. I believe them. And there's no place for racism in this game. So unreal, dude, unreal. Now they have that, and they went on to to draw the game one-one. Um, Christian Espinoza scored the equalizer after the incident happened. So they were fired up, got the draw, and now they're hosting Sporting Kansas City, uh, and they are uh, undefeated at home, and we are winless throughout the year.
3: So cool. seems like the perfect storm for a wonderful game for Sporting Kansas City this week go team uh just things are just oh my god i gotta tell you buddy i've been double been double timing over here i got the kc comets playoff game over on another screen yeah and uh five to five man with nine minutes left bad deal
2: yeah we did we recorded this uh late monday so if they you know we talked about what the sporting uh club ownership or, or front office or whatnot should do in terms of making a statement if they have made a statement obviously on tuesday which would be just in line with how everything else always goes I don't expect it will but um that's why we haven't talked about that yet but uh I just I'm not feeling great man San Jose I I don't I could sit here and say yeah sure I'd love to get a draw I'd love to get a win there's nothing that has been shown to me on the field that leads me to expect that they will nah um and San Jose's attack is pretty dangerous so I'll be the most interesting thing, I guess, to me is what kind of lineup is Peter going to roll out there? Gadi kind was questionable. Are we going to see Gadi kind be available? Um, how long is Tim Leibold going to be listed as out for? Who's going
3: to be the keeper? I don't. <laughs> okay, there are questions here. Uh, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> give us, give us something, man. Like you said, show us something new that that gets us excited because. When the team is clicking, you see the sparks in their passes, in their runs. You see it, but we haven't seen it. It hasn't you know. been a thing for a little bit. So, And that's what's so frustrating is I still maintain that on paper
2: and individually, this is the most talented team sporting Kansas City has ever had. You look at these individual players, Alan Plito, Eric Tommy, Willie Agata, Johnny Russell, you know remy voltaire these are very very talented players i was talking to someone today who's a sounders fan who's like dude eric tommy's really good i was like yeah he's he's been playing pretty poor though he goes i I know but i watch him i can tell he's got talent yeah which is true but something is not being put together right now it's not coming together and it needs to change quickly
3: yeah i don't know man i it's it's Yeah, it's like camaraderie needs to be better. They they all need to go on a camping trip or something and just totally bond over something, reset, something. (laughs) It's just, um, and at a certain point, you know,
2: when it takes you so long to win, then like when you finally do get your first win, it's almost like patronizing applause, like the rest of the league or even sporting Casey fan base will be like, Oh, congratulations. You finally did something you should have done a long time ago. Not really fair. Right. But, but it's got to start somewhere. So hopefully, eventually, we'll get to come on here and do a victory pod. And hopefully, eventually, Sporting Kansas City will go on a win streak and we'll start to turn this thing around and we'll start to rack up some points. Because, like we said, as shitty as it's been through the first seven weeks, there are so many teams that nine of the 14 teams make the playoffs, they're still only four points out of a playoff spot. Exactly.
3: You can make that up in two weeks. It's... So same, right? Two games make that up. So it's it is like, a long year. Can't count them out. There's plenty of time left. Um, but you can be mad, just no. don't count them out.
2: Anger, be mad. Anger is justified. Frustration is justified. Again, I don't think Peter Vermees is going anywhere anytime soon, and you can disagree with that. I'm just I. Don't think they're doing it. Seven games after signing him to an extension, you can debate whether they should have signed him to that extension at that time or not. I think they probably saw the U.S. Soccer Federation coming, and maybe thought we'll lock him up now. Yeah, at least get a buyout if the U.S. Soccer wants him. Smart. So, but but now you're left in the situation where
3: even if you wanted to make a move, it's not really feasible. So no, not really. I don't know, man. Like I, we got to stay patient here, but stay pissed. It's hard. Stay pissed because that's the players see this stuff too mm-hmm. online they see stuff uh and that fires them up yeah so oh, i man. just
2: hope i just hope that we start to see some level of passion from the club in some way that matches the passion of the fan base cuz clearly the fan base doesn't always disagree with each other on how to show that passion but but i do think the passion is there so yeah that's where it is but I don't know, man. You got anything else or is that about summing that about... sounds about sounds good to me? Well, thank you all so much. Appreciate you for sticking with us through another, another rough week, but we'll be back. Well, I might not be here next week cause, uh, I might have a conflict, but I think Chris might be joining you next week is, uh, what we talked about. So you'll we'll have Dan and Chris to be back here next week, talking sporting Kansas city ahead of their, uh, currently podcast later in the week. But yeah, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at nootherpod, at dancuser, at jcmac03. Uh, Shoot us an email, nootherpod at gmail.com. Shout out to Alex again for shooting us that email. Check us out on YouTube, KCSN Soccer on YouTube. We can watch our video uh, version and see Dan's faces and our reactions and everything to what's going on. And uh, leave us that five-star rating and review. But until next time, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all later. See ya. I don't even
1: care.